Welcome back to The Curve, hosted by the girl who, apparently at the age of 26, can still get blackout drunk. That is right, folks. I don't remember how I got home last night, and now I feel like shit. Um, this episode's really fun. We've got my homegirl, Abby, on the show. What's up? What's up? We're going to be talking um, some news. Got the Kanye Kimmel interview. Nikki just dropped an album. And then, in case you, you know are deaf in which case it's awkward that you're listening to this podcast um abby's british so we're gonna be talking some uk versus usa stuff so stay tuned first up kanye west went on jimmy kimmel because apparently people still care about what kanye has to say uh kimmel asked him about you know his whole support of trump he said you were the guy who said george bush hated black people and now you love Trump, like what's going on? And Kanye didn't really have anything to say, but then later on Twitter said that he wasn't actually stumped by the question that Jimmy um, didn't give him an opportunity to speak. What are your thoughts on Kanye? I mean, he's never at a loss for words. He, he never has nothing to say. And he looked genuinely stumped. I don't know. I mean, he looked like he was trying to prepare an answer in his head. I don't buy it. I think Jimmy Kimmel just took the opportunity and was like, let's break. Because Kanye clearly is going to think of some bullshit to say. Because he has no real answer. And he, his, his face just was blank. He, he drew a blank. I don't know. What do you think? I just think I'm tired. Like, I'm so over Kanye. I... Like, you know how on Twitter you can mute certain words so mm-hmm. you don't have to see them? I have, I use that feature <laughs> heavily. I have muted Taylor Swift, T-Swift, Lena Dunham, Great Jennifer Lawrence, Great J-Law. Choice. And now, in recent weeks, I have muted Kim, Kimberly, Kardashian, Kim Ye, Kanye, Ye, because I just don't <laughs> fucking care irrelevant. anymore. Like, so irrelevant. It's He's such an insult. Like, my grandma used to say, not all skin folk are kin folk. And that means, like, not all black people are looking out for other black people. And Kanye is the epitome of that. The reason Kanye thrived was because he understood the culture and he understood yes. the struggle of black people. And now you don't have that anymore. No, I think he he was in such a position of power and he had such great influence and I really respected him for a very long time. And then I just think he took it. He didn't really know what to do with it. He just wanted to go the outspoken route and he's in so deep now. And he really just, I think he just misused the power that he was given and I don't even know if he knows what he's talking about anymore. And yeah, I, I just, no, not anymore, can you? He doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm just over him and I'm tired of everyone talking about him. His music hasn't been good in so long. So, like, I think Watch the Throne was the last time we got good music from yeah, him. Yeah, So, agree. I'm done with him. I don't want to hear about him anymore. Please stop putting him on TV. Yeah, I agree. This has been a public service announcement. <laughs> um, next up, Nicki Minaj finally dropped Queen, the album. Um, she had like queen radio and she literally brought in all of these beautiful black women. She had Kelly Rowland. She had Lauren London. She had, uh, Justine Sky, Normani, Cassie, like the list goes on and on. How that's, do we, a, that's a nice list. Yeah. How do we feel about this album? I haven't heard it yet. You haven't heard I, it? The funniest thing is now you're talking about it. I have my, my Monday like listen list and it's right up there. And I feel like I'm going to want to dance to every single song on this album. And I'm excited. So you got to tell me which the hits are. 
What okay. are we feeling? What are we feeling? So when I started listening to this album, because here's the thing. I love, don't get me wrong, I love Nikki. What I don't love about Nikki, though, is she, like, she does a lot of slut shaming, especially against people who are, like, sex workers, whether they mm-hmm. be strippers, prostitutes, whatever. In my personal opinion, don't call yourself a feminist if you don't support them. True. Because, like, even though that's not your choice, your walk of life, that is somebody else's, and I personally don't think they're harming anyone as long as they're going into it in a willing and yep. safe manner. And it's all about choice. Exactly. It's about choice. You can't, we need to stop judging people for their choices. And it's, I just find it weird that, like, Nikki has built an entire career about, like, ho is life, but yeah. then, like, out of nowhere, you're going to slut shame. And, like, yep. I... That was, like, really weird for me. So I was a little nervous about listening to this album. Mm. But actually, I liked it. I am going to say, and I hope people don't bite my heads off, because I don't think they're the same type of rappers. Mm -hmm. But as far as album as a whole, of Mm -hmm. which one I enjoy more, I enjoyed Cardi's more. Okay. Cardi Cardi puts you in a good mood. Cardi, like, what I like about Cardi in comparison to Nicki's album is Cardi's album is, like, straight... It's the female version of male rap songs. Like, the way that she talks yeah. about men and life and stuff is how we hear men depict women in life all the yeah. time. Yeah. And I really, I like it because it's just like, I don't, I don't know, it goes hard. She gets nasty. She gets yeah. ratchet. And I like it. Nikki, I did really like this album. Like, Barbie Dreams is a fun song. And, like, um, Ganja Burn gives me, like, fun West Indie vibes. But just, like, and then Majesty is, like, a really fucking good song. Which is, as a whole, is this something that I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, itching to listen to it again? I think I'd have to be in a mood for it. Mm. I'm always in the mood for Cardi, though. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and, but I love that they're both prospering. But I just think, like, Nikki, I don't know. Nikki, I guess Nikki just doesn't tickle my pickle. I just, I fought Cardi for a long time. I actually really fought it. I was like, no, not listening to it. I'm not down. I just kind of was like, no, I'm not going to join in this hype. And then I just had to give it up. I had to give it up. And I was like, she's fucking dope. She, she makes good tracks. She's honest. You can't tell her shit. And you know what? Yeah, she produces somehow, like, somehow of an album. So I really had to go with it. And I fought against it for so long. The funniest thing is I've liked Nikki for a very long time. So I'll be interested to see what I, hit, what I think about this album. Especially now this Cardi is like a super powerhouse in the, uh, in the industry. We'll yeah. see. And I don't think arrivals. it has to be one or the other. Like, I think yeah. they both can exist because yeah. it's bullshit that, like, we're compared, like, that they're being pitted against each other. Yeah. I just think as far, there are a lot of subtle Cardi disses on this album from mm. Nicki. And I'm like, girl, you don't have to. No. Let everyone but shine. Since she, but since you want to, I still like Cardi's better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. I think this is one, definitely one of Nicki's stronger albums. Mm. I'll give that to her. As far as, like, I didn't skip through any songs. Oh, okay. So, kudos to you, girl. It's a good album. Mm. Um, but you guys let us know what you think uh, on Twitter. Let us know what you think um, in the comments of the podcast, on SoundCloud. And, yeah. All right. So, Abby, you're from Manchester. Yes, Manchester, England. And how long have you lived here? Uh, hitting three years next month. So, good good amount of time now. Kind of get, still getting settled in. But, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, I feel like we've been friends for a pretty long time yeah. now. Yeah. A couple years now. A couple of years. Um, and I've noticed there are a lot of interesting things that you point out that we do here in America mm-hmm. differently than how you guys do in the UK. One of the weirdest things I think you guys have that we don't is you guys eat sweet popcorn 
Yeah. In theaters. Yeah. What is with your popcorn? Every time me and Dee go to the theater, she's like, do you want popcorn? I'm like, this is not popcorn. It is, though. No, you guys make it plain, and then you put some kind of sauce on it. What is it, the bu- butter it's like, sauce? It's like a butter. Or you put, like, the sweet, the sweet, like, sugar on it. No, you guys put sugar on your No, shit. but you guys can put it on top. Like, you got to oh, make it. I mean, you can. You're supposed to make it with the sugar. I've like, literally oh. never had sugar. They, like, toss it around in a bunch of sugar, and it's, like, it's so delicious. That sounds like ass. Butter popcorn, like. No, absolutely yes, not. Salt, I don't mess with it. I don't fuck with it. Maybe the like white cheddar powder. No, if we're getting no, fancy. No, the white cheddar powder is the worst. I tasted one of those and I nearly threw up. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is a no from me. I'll stick with my candy or my nachos. What are some like weird slang words that we say here that you're just like, what the hell? Oh my god, there's so many. Um, let me think. Let me think. Uh, okay, the biggest one for me, and this killed me for about four years. So, was it Sar- Saran Wrap? Saran Wrap. Saran Wrap. Uh, every time someone used to say that to me, I, I just looked blank, and I got so confused to the point I would just leave. The if I was in a store and they were like, but it's called cellophane in England. Cellophane. And that you guys, sounds like a poison. You guys call it Saran Wrap. Saran Wrap. Girl, I was like, what is this? No, no. What cellophane? Cellophane, like cellophane. You ever seen it? Like that sounds like. How did the victim die? She was poisoned with cellophane. cellophane. And saran wrap sounds bad. Saran wrap sounds <laughs> like it has multi purposes. <laughs> it could be a makeshift condom, or it could cover your fruits and vegetables. You don't really know. Mm. No, do mm. not use it as a makeshift condom. Don't, it don't will not work. I'm going to say that's going to be wildly unsuccessful. Yeah, <laughs> that is going to be messy. But anyway, that's one of the words that I was just got. It took me a long time to get used to. I'm trying to think of slang words. There's so many, and I'm so integrated okay, into the culture so now. Help me out here. You guys say jumper, and that's a sweatshirt, right? Okay, yeah. Jumper is sweatshirt, and you guys say sweater. A sweater, yeah, or a sweatshirt. We don't say sneakers. We say trainers. So, okay, but trainers here are like pants. <laughs> Right. So why all, can't you all get your words? All, right? Also a trainer, like a personal trainer. So when I first got to college, I was saying to my roommate at the time, I was like, I can't go to the gym because I don't have a trainer. She, this girl is looking at me like I'm crazy for about 25 minutes. She's like, why do you need a trainer? I'm like, no, no, I need, I need my trainers. I don't have any trainers. You don't, she's back and forth, back and forth. You don't need trainers to go to the gym. You can do it yourself. Come on, empower yourself. And I'm like, what? And then finally she was like, do you mean sneakers? I was like, yes that trainers sneakers yeah yeah no i can't i can't get on the jumper jumpers Jumpers. i don't know what jumpers or trainers like trainers i think of like the men's pants (laughs) that like have the like the like scrunchy bottoms Mm. and then jumpers i don't know i just think of that movie with like the jumper hayden christensen Like jumpers. Yeah. Like Jumpin. like the movie with Hank Christensen where he like has that power yeah. and he goes from point A to fucking Egypt. Makes very, yeah, that makes sense. It was a horrible movie. We have some odd choices, but so do you guys. Um, what made you come over to US of A? Obviously, you came in a pre-Trump America. So. I definitely came during the Obama era, so I'm going to say that had a lot to do with it. And uh, as English folk were, um, were real big America fans when, when Obama was president, even though we didn't really know what is going on, we usually only get snippets of the political side, so I always take everything with a pinch of salt. But we were just getting really good press, and you know, you see Obama and you're like, that's not, that looks like a really, that looks like a country I want to live in. He's so well-spoken. He's so nice. Um, so I definitely came in a different version of America than we have now. Um, 
the reason I came was just I feel like the, only in LA, I guess, and New York and some other places, it's just a very open culture. Um, I feel like art is respected a lot more here, especially where we are on the on the West Coast. Um, in England, being an artist and, and doing the hustle that we both do, it's, um, it's not really seen as a real job or a real way of life. It's seen as a pipe dream. And as soon as I came over here, I found that everything I was pursuing just had a lot more just a lot more respect and people listened to me more and people just looked at me differently when I told them what I was pursuing and the work that I do. And that was one of the big things that made me want to come over here and just, and just try it and the weather <laughs> and the food. Let's go with the weather and food too. Oh yeah. What are some food things that we have here that you guys don't have in the UK that you're like, we need this. Uh, okay. Uh, Popeye's <laughs> Chick-fil-A uh, in the South we had, Oh my God, what was it called? It's like in North Carolina and South Carolina, there's a takeaway place. It's only take it's only takeout and it's really cheap. And you can get like a tray of all this like burgers, chicken, corn dogs, everything for like six dollars with a with a drink. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's amazing. And barbecue food. Oh, my God. Barbecue. Wait, you guys don't have barbecue? Not the way you guys do. But pulled pork, brisket, mac and cheese greens collard greens biscuit no absolutely i can never i can never couldn't go back how could i go back i can never live somewhere where we don't have those things and we don't have ranch dressing imagine a world without ranch why not who knows that's so weird ranch dressing everybody does not exist in england i didn't realize that was an american thing think about that for a second think about life without ranch dressing i mean like i feel like i don't (laughs) i i love it with pizza yeah. I feel like that's really oh, the yeah. only way it would get affected. Or like chicken nugs. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, wings. Fuck. Wings. Wow. Wings without ranch? What do you I guys eat wings with then? Uh, we just don't really eat wings. We don't have like a wing. You can't really go to like a wing stop or a big wangs or anything. We just don't you really don't eat big wings. Big wings. And- we have no big wangs in England. No. I know. The Eng- I always thought England was a cool place because like you have cool accents and the boys in my opinion are fairly cute (laughs) but like if you don't have barbecue it's like what's the point and you're from kentucky so you know about some barbecue yeah you know about some barbecue i could never go without barbecue no ever in life Mm -mm. um obviously we're in a we're pretty interesting phase of america very interesting not that america's ever been that great but um you know, our president now is really turning back the yep. times and we're going kind of to the 50s and we're probably yep. going to get segregated soon. So you and Sounds I are going to have like to use it. different bathrooms. Eventually. Um, how do you like your friends and family back home react to like this shit going on here, especially with like his policy on immigrations and him now trying to attack like legal immigrants and whatnot? How do they feel about you? What's actually really funny is we've actually had, and when I, I was just home recently last month in England, and I was shocked because I've not been home for a while. Um, when, when Trump first got elected, the shock was on the same, a similar level to what we felt here. Um, everyone was very confused. Everybody was, was kind of against him, uh, mostly. Um, when I went back home this time, it's completely shifted. People are really for Trump. Uh, whether it's because they don't get the volume of news that we do or whether the the news that's being filtered over to, to that side is not as much, I don't know. But the kind of general belief is that he's saying something and he's getting it done. And that's a very British attitude to have. And the funniest thing is in England, we... I wouldn't say we're very culturally diverse in some areas, especially London, it is a melting pot. And I think that... Um, 
you know, yeah, in specific areas, people, you know, it can, it's very culturally diverse. But in some areas, we're similar to a small town in, in the south of, in the south in America. We, um, you know, we have li very little racial, racial diversity and people aren't really exposed to different cultures and it scares them. Mm. And I think the, that Trump has kind of has, yeah, had a positive impact because people see him doing something about it, even though they don't even want to take the time to understand what it is yeah. or the fact that it's, it's, it's taking a step backwards in time. They just see things that scare them and they see someone trying to create a, a, a solution and it's not a solution. It's, it's just awful. Um, What's so, so weird is like it's getting so damn Hitler-ish at this point. And I'm just like, white, attention to all white people. Um, brown people don't want to hurt you. We really don't. We honestly just want to be left the fuck alone, paid equally for the same labor that you do. And, um, yeah, I want to be able to walk down the street without having someone think I'm up to no good. It's just, I think it's time for everybody to start taking responsibility for themselves and to understand what we are given and the power that we have because of our skin color. I think it's ridiculous. And I think that's one of the reasons that me and, and you have always got along is I tried to take responsibility for the powers I was granted when I was born with white skin, blue eyes and blonde hair, mm -hmm. you know, in a British country with parents that have money. It's, and if people looked at themselves and their upbringings and the struggles they didn't have to go through, I think everything would be just a little different. People don't want to step out their box and acknowledge the privilege, privileges that we are granted. And that's the problem. It's, it, everything is a privilege. Everything we have is a privilege, down to having a roof over your head, down to the skin color, down to living in America, which, you know, it's mm -hmm. not the best time, but we're still living in one, in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Absolutely. And I think I remember telling you uh, very kind of recently, I had a car situation. I had an expired uh, expired license, my tail light was out, and my registration was invalid. And I got stopped by two police officers, and I s flashed them my sweetest smile, flicked my hair, and got off without a warning. And you have to remember in situations like that, if you are a black or African-American male or female, we know that it's not going to end that way. And if everybody started taking account for that, maybe everyone would mm -hmm. think about things a little bit differently. Yeah. What's funny is I actually, um, I drove Abby to mm. go to, she was flying home, so I drove her, and she was like, by the way, my taillight's out. And I was like a little nervous, but I was like, if I just drive careful, I'll be okay. And I got pulled over, and mind you, I had my license, yep. and like I had all the registration the right, was in check at this point. Like everything was Should good. have been no problem. And I was like so deeply harassed to the point that where like the officer was like taunting me with his gun and yeah. I was just like ready to cry yeah. I did cry like I, I cried after he left because I was just like this is bullshit this is so bullshit. <sighs> it's crazy but yeah. um can you like explain Brexit and like for dummies like can you just explain for people who don't really understand the Brexit thing yes um so and it's funny that you say that as well because I feel like we're going through a similar Trump phase in our own way in England um but I'll explain a little bit more so Brexit England uh, the United Kingdom is part of the European Union the European Union is mostly made up of the European countries. you know France, uh, Spain, all, all the major countries that you will have heard of. Um, and you, the UK has been a part of that for, for a very long time. Um, Europe has converted to the euro. So that happened, oh, it's a long time. I can't even remember. Probably eight or nine years ago. The United Kingdom kept, uh, kept our original currency. 
But that means that any decisions that are made, uh, European trade, um, traveling within Europe, within European visas, European passports, everything is, is interconnected. Now, what's happened is a vote was made to ask if we were to withdraw the United Kingdom from the European Union. What that does on one hand is mean that we're able to make a lot of our own decisions. We don't have to rely on financing the other countries should they go into war, should they have uh, economic difficulties. It kind of makes us more independent. However, what it also does, it uh, withholds us being able to trade so freely with other countries in Europe. It means that our passports aren't as strong because we're not able to travel, make money, work, uh, get visas for these other countries. Um, and again, and I think one of the reasons that we did it was was fear. We have uh, we have had to legally take migrants into our country because we are within the European Union. So when people are fle uh, fleeing from Romania, all these poor countries, um, the French borders, we we legally have a right to take them in. And taxpayers wanted to know why our money was being spent on these people that were coming into our country. Bearing in mind, in my opinion, I think the number is is minute compared to the amount of actually working. Uh, people that are in our country um, yeah but now we, we made the decision it fully comes into effect in I think it's 18 months now um, Theresa May will be spearheading it uh, I believe unless I think they re-elected but yeah uh, so that's that so basically it's just a big one big racist in, in my opinion, I think it came out of racism and fear. Everybody will blame the taxpayers' money. Everybody will blame the economy. People will use any way to say that they're trying to protect their country from having other people come in. And you know what? We have the space. We have the space. So at the end of the day, maybe the UK and the US are not that different. Okay, first off, before we get into this next com er, conversation, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on my Thanks for having show. me. So awesome. Been wanting you on for a minute. <laughs> um, but how I, Abby and I met was my old roommate used to go to school with you. Yes, in England. Yeah, and you also were both dancers. Yes. Um, dancing out here, like, what is a normal, like, weekly schedule look like for you? Oh, God. No, a normal week. Just the word normal and week doesn't really go together. <laughs> you know how it is. Um, so usually during the week, it will be consisted of uh, taking classes um, in dance training, going to a couple of auditions, going to the gym. I spend a lot of time working on my social media, trying to make sure that I have a lot of content um, for my Instagram and for my YouTube. And I just spend a lot of time trying to support my friends. If my friends have classes, there's a lot of local shows. And I also try to immerse myself with other creative things, um, art shows, trying to go to, yeah, see my friends' stuff, trying to be on my friends' podcasts, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so a normal week, just, yeah, it, it, can be, it can be anything. And then sometimes I'll actually be on a job, which means I'll be in the studio eight to ten hours a day rehearsing, and then we might have a live show at the end of the week or something like that, so... How about you? What for you? Because Dee does podcasts, she hosts, she's a comedian, she writes, she runs in casting. I mean, this girl does it all. Do you oh, even God. have a normal week ever? The only, no. <laughs> <laughs> the only like, well, like kind of, because like my day-to-day my -day real job is I'm a casting producer. And so that's pretty, as far as like, having to show up and be somewhere that's very consistent mm -hmm. but as far as what I'm gonna walk into every day <laughs> that's very different yeah. and it's it's a lot it's like high pressure it can get really stressful mm -hmm. um, I'm someone who's really absorbent of other people's energy so if my team is really stressed out then like sometimes I get really stressed mm -hmm. out just from even though I know that my ducks are in a row 
Um, and then as far as like I do host for After Buzz, so it depends on if I have a red carpet that week because um, I'll have to do prep for that. Mm. And then I have a couple of after shows. So like normally those are pretty consistent with like what days I have to do them. Yeah. And then I've been getting back into doing stand-up again, and that's been really hard just because of getting my um, – just having time to, like, yeah. sit down and, like, write and yeah. get into um, – get on stage. And I've just been in, like, writing a lot. And then when you, ha- when you do something – and I'm sure you can attest to this. Like, when you're doing something so – like, my – everything that I create is from such a, like – vulnerable place and it's so emotional like even Mm -hmm. though like even though most of my stuff is based in comedy it's all it's like a therapy for me so keeping my mental health in check is like huge for me I go to therapy every week so like that's like something that absolutely has to be normal for me Um, but yeah it's it's a lot of I have to be huge on time management I bet you're a busy woman so are you dude (laughs) it's insane um you always, like, whenever we talk, you're like, oh, I'm going to train. How does training work as far as a dancer? Because, like, how do you, how do you sharp, like, because there's not necessarily technique to hip-hop, is there? There actually is. I mean, foundational hip-hop is, uh, does have a technical side of it, and it does have, like, a specific series of moves that each have a specific name, just the same as ballet. Uh, hip-hop foundation was born out of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, what when you see the word hip hop or you see hip hop on Instagram, usually not foundational hip hop. It's usually a, a very variated um, style of that, or it is actually not hip hop at all. A lot of what you see is either jazz funk or it's heel, or they've added a heel and called it hip hop heels. Doesn't exist. Not correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So when we train, um, I do take technique classes. So I'll take a ballet or a jazz, and then I'll take either a hip-hop foundation or I'll take hip-hop choreography and then I do take the other styles of hip-hop so I'll take jazz funk commercial which I would say is kind of what you see in music videos and backing uh, behind tours and stuff like that it's it's very like tour style dancing um, so that's how we do it and we we either take technique classes or we just learn pieces of choreography from different choreographers and we just try and level up as best we can as best we can that's really yeah. Really interesting. It is interesting when you think about it, and we do it so much. We, yeah. I wish that it was like, I don't know, taking a degree or something. And once you finish the classes, you yeah, get, you get your tick and off you go into the world. No, we're we're working, and as soon as you have that, and you know, you can attest it too. Once you've done one job, you're working to get the next. And if you don't stay in class and stay relevant and stay in the best physical shape that you can, mm-hmm. and same with you, you're just staying on top of your game all the time you won't get that next job and it's just a constant learning process which in one way is really amazing that in our careers we're always going to be expanding and, and growing and then sometimes you're just like ah, can I just be the best already can, you, can I just be great and just live my life and, and make money and dance around but yeah <laughs> I love it um, what has been the biggest like I fucking did that moment in your career so far um, that's really funny you asked that because six years ago today I was in the London 2012 Olympic closing ceremony oh I did see that picture to date uh no matter how hard I try I don't know if I'll ever be able to do a gig as big as that because it was in my hometown it was the Olympics and I think they show it to around 10 billion people something something like that I mean the amount of people who actually watch you do it it, I think it's the biggest show on earth usually yeah uh, other the ceremonies of the Olympics so to be honest that is um kind of been my career peak although one I would never change for the world I mean, um, it, 
Yeah. The Olympics are coming to LA apparently, so who knows? I, I heard about that. I, I put it on my vision board. <laughs> I would like to choreograph for that. Hell or, yeah. or dance, but choreo- choreograph would be would be a dream. So what about you? You've had some amazing opportunities recently. Seth Rogen. That was I crazy. saw that video. I was so proud. Um, you've been doing so many things recently. What's been just recently, what has been like a you know what, I'm I'm on I'm on my path. You know moments. It hasn't been like the interviews have been great, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been like me watching back an interview and being like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I interviewed Niecy Nash yesterday, Niecy yeah. Nash and Kelly Stewart, who Niecy Nash has been one of my inspirations and role models since yeah. like, I remember I used to watch her on Rena 911 and I just thought she was <laughs> so funny because she just like, she just, emb- like when she does a character or when she like does something, she embodies it. And like, she's yes. so good at transforming into whatever she's she incredible. needs to be. And I was interviewing her yesterday and she just like stops mid interview and just like, just, just speaks all of this like power over my life. And it was just like, it was dope because like, it's one thing to hear like you're special from like your friends or your family or whatever. But when it's coming from someone who like you literally like they inspired you to go on this road and it's, it's like, damn, okay. Like, cool and it yeah. kind of makes you just want to keep going so that was a really cool f- moment for me Amazing. and then um when i went to comic-con a while back uh joe pikaski who is the show creator for cloak and dagger he mm-hmm. also um wrote he also like worked with underground and he mm-hmm. wrote heroes which was a huge show for me when i was a kid with like that was me and my dad's thing um he like also said some like really dope stuff to me about like you know, like, you're really good at what you do, and, like, yeah. I, you understand stories so well, and just, like, hearing, when you hear that you're doing something dope from people you admire, I think yes. that those are bigger to me than, like, any yeah. anything else yeah. so far. I agree. I was talking about that recently with my boyfriend, and we were saying it's not about the volume of people. It's if you can be respected, and people think you're great, but the people that think you are great are the people that you respect, and the people that have made you want to get into this industry. I I would rather have 10 of those people than a million Instagram followers any day. That means way more to me, and... I wish more people felt like that because I think we'd be producing greater work. But. Yeah, it, it just <laughs> makes you like, it makes me, because I'm very much a quality over quantity yes. person. That's why like, if I don't feel like, um, if I don't feel like I'm going to do good on something, I won't do it. Yeah. And that's not like a doubt in me. It's just like, if I, I want to make sure that I ha- I'm in the right place to put the right amount of energy yes. into something. Yeah. And so I think that makes my path slower than others because... I'm not just trying to, like, throw all this content in your face. I'm trying to, like, kind of take my time and, like, learn. Like, even with this podcast, I'm still, like, learning and, like, Mm -hmm. tweaking and, like, you know, it's not perfect yet, but I'm I'm working on making it perfect. Um, And so, like, when you you hear from somebody that, like, the body of work that you are putting Mm -hmm. out is good – it's like hell it's, yeah yeah it's reaffirming like okay all this craziness that i do in the week it's it, yeah it's what i'm supposed to do what is your least favorite thing about working in this industry um right now and it's very it's very uh recent i would say is the social media aspect of it i used to see social media as an amazing tool um my youtube account used to be one of my 
favorite things to put energy and time into because I was able to reach people all over the world. I have fans on my YouTube and I have messages every day from people who watch my videos and it's inspired them to dance or it's inspired them to, to go and do these different things or just to step out of their comfort zone. And that is incredible to me. And recently people are taking social media and using it as a way to put out mediocre work. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with people sharing their own personal stages of their journey. If you want to share a piece of work and say, this is where I've grown from last time, whatever that may be. I think it's all about sharing for personal, for personal use and for sharing to a different, to a wider community. However, what I see is people using social media to try and gain followers for no other reason than fame. Mm -hmm. uh, than a follow account, than views. But it's like, what are you putting out? If you're putting out something that's going to impact people, then share away and hope, and hopefully genuine followers and genuine people will come about you and be able to support you on your journey. And you need to support others too. I just, I see every day and I, I see half naked women on Instagram. I see people doing these dance moves that are trendy, but they, and, and gaining so much exposure from something they haven't even taken the time to understand. And how do you feel about that? I, I kind I like, I see where you're coming from. Social media is a little different for me just because it is, I mean, like my platform is talking essentially. Yeah. And so like Twitter, I love Twitter. Um, I think it's a really fun way to connect with people. That's my main platform. Yeah. I don't really use Instagram in the same way. I don't like Instagram. Like, I like it in the sake, for the sake of documenting my life, but I feel like in Instagram, it just kind of sucks. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it makes you not feel good about yourself sometimes yeah. because it's like yeah. I, I have accepted that I am not an Instagram baddie, and mm -hmm. that's not shitting on me or anything like that. It's just like that's essentially what it boils down to is Instagram. Are you, yes. are you an Instagram baddie or not? Because yeah. no one gives a fuck if you're not right. because they don't care if you're funny on Instagram. Right. The culture is created for image. Yeah. And that's just not, that's not my platform. Granted, if that is your mm -hmm. platform, cool. Kudos to you. But yes. like, I just, I really have to take a step back from Instagram sometimes because like I'll have friends who like will put zero effort into a photo and get hundreds of likes and comments about how beautiful mm -hmm. and stuff they are. And I'll like, post something that I think is really dope. Yeah. And it'll be like crickets. Yeah. And like, yeah. And I just like, I had to kind of take a step back from that and stop focusing so much into it. And yes. luckily with the career that I've chosen, like my words are what are heavier. Yeah. And so I can go to somewhere like Twitter. I can go somewhere like yeah. even Tumblr or Reddit and like kind of talk. And like, I feel like that holds more power. Yes. So I'm trying to use social media as a way to like connect and build mm -hmm. and, you know, communicate, but yes. I definitely, it definitely gets exhausting sometimes. Yes. I've had friends lose jobs recently because of their following. As yeah. in they've been the most qualified for that job, but there has been someone with more social media followers. And I understand that especially now independent companies are popping up and they need, they need the exposure or they, they want to throw in advertising or mm -hmm. they want to, they want to use people that will be able to spread the message of whatever is that it is that they're filming. But I just don't, I cannot understand how we can be in an industry where followers are counted over talent. I mean, it wouldn't have even happened 10 years ago, which was, is what makes me crazy because we were born in an era where social media didn't even exist yet. Yeah. And we were told, be the best, work hard, work hard. And now I think it's just going the other way. And I think that people like yourself who are so articulate, I love following you on Twitter. Oh, I, I don't follow many people on Twitter, <laughs> but I always check your Twitter. You're so articulate, you always 
being very honest, throwing out inspiring content. And I think we need more people to just be authentically themselves and spread the message that they believe in. And I think that's the only way we can really keep using social media as a positive tool rather than something that's going to harm us in the future. Preach. Preach. Damn. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, what is one thing that you really, in the net, what is, what is your one-year plan, your five-year plan, and your 10-year plan? Oh, like, what are, what are, like, one goal you want for each of those things? Okay, so within one year, it's so funny, I just updated these uh, mm. last week, so I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to remember them. Uh, one year, I want to be uh, the best dancer that I can be and in the best physical shape of my life. Um, the reason I want to be in the best physical shape of my life is so I can be the best dancer that I can possibly be. And I've been working on it a lot, and I think I'm getting to the point of being there, but I want to give myself to the, another year to really just hone in artistic on my skills and just be like hey whatever job comes at me I'm ready I want to be so confident in myself that anything that comes my way I don't need to doubt myself what's what's in my path is in my path because I've done everything I can to get there uh, my five-year plan I want to have choreographed a world tour um, I want to have booked several commercials and dance jobs I just want to be making some more money to be honest in five <laughs> years you know I'm like I'm ready like I, yeah. I want to start um, getting some more exposure and being in some bigger shows um, 10-year plan, I would love a house. That's my one material thing. I would love my own house in LA and I want to be then consistently choreographing world tours and hopefully artistically directing by them as well. So I will hopefully have a whole team of people beneath me, a company, and they'll be doing lots of the work and I'll be traveling around trying to do some crazy creative stuff and, and keep everyone in order. So that's it. Hell yeah. 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 I'm here for it universe grant me grant me feeling it <laughs> what about it. you i'd love to hear yours oh god oh god um, <laughs> one year i would like to be on a writing staff for yes. some show great um whether that's late night talk show or scripted um i think i could learn a lot from either one five years i want to be in new york oh yes and I'll doing, be visiting you all the time i mean i'd like to be in new york before five years but by five years <laughs> by i five absolutely years. will be in new york yes um on uh, I would like to be on late night talk show mm. writing team and then in 10 years I want to do this professionally like on a late on a, night yeah I want my own late night talk show yes you need like one. I'm tired of don't get me wrong I love the Seth Meyers and mm -hmm. Jimmy Kimmel's and blah 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 but I'm tired of seeing all these quirky white dudes on late night yeah time to flavor it up a show. little the world needs a d jones late night show so that is the 10-year plan um it. where can people find you on social media and or where can they take your classes <laughs> so uh, you can find me on instagram at abby and oliver two last year was the year that i became the two when instagram deleted everybody and i got a second account so at abby and oliver two uh, YouTube, Abby and Oliver. And if you live in LA, I have a heels class every Monday night at Third Street Dance next to the Beverly Center at 7.30. It's really fun. Dia's taking it. She was freaking amazing. She and I want so bald. I want to come back. I've just, you I, need to come back. I've had after buzz <laughs> on Mondays, but I'm almost done with my season, so I will be back in the studio soon to make yes. an ass of myself. So if you want to come down, contact me on Instagram, and I'll hook you up for a free class, but come down to my heels class. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and as always, guys, you know, where to find me you can find me on all the things at okdrewj make sure to check out okdrewj.com for the latest celebrity interviews i've done um if you're in la we're going to be doing the beer olympics soon i'm going to have all the information what? on the website so check it out <laughs> uh until next time guys stay classy